Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be reviewing in full AEW Dynamite that debuted on October 14th, 2020. This was dubbed as the anniversary show of All Elite Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling is celebrating the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite, their flagship show from... 2019 all the way to 2020, it has been a whirlwind of amazing matches, amazing moments. And this night was to celebrate the fact that AEW has definitely come a long way. Regardless if you agree with any of their decisions or not, or just want to see them succeed, they have no doubt been very successful within the very first year of ever creating All Elite Wrestling. This was a very special AEW Dynamite episode because not only was it the anniversary of Dynamite, every single championship title was on the line. Now, we all know how this works in professional wrestling. If all the titles are on the line, sometimes, 90% of the time, there are no title changes. And this isn't me spoiling everything. We all saw AEW Dynamite. They did very well in the ratings for... Wednesday, but if you really look at it in professional wrestling, 90% of the time, titles do not change unless you get that off chance of 10% somebody wanting it to change and wanting to have their opponent go over and then start a whole new chapter with whatever belt they want to put over that night. We have been so brainwashed by the WWE formula that it's hard to step out of the shadow of what WWE did in order to make professional wrestling what it is today. You may not agree with it, but that's exactly what WWE did. We're so used to the formula that when we can spot something from a mile away, we're going to spot it and talk about it and definitely predict it. I do not want to start this podcast off with some negativity. For me, the anniversary show of Dynamite felt off. There wasn't that excitement that I get whenever it's run by the Young Bucks and Kenny. Whenever there's an AW Dynamite that does not include Cody Rhodes in it, or not as much as Cody Rhodes, it's always enjoyable to me. And this isn't a knock towards Cody. Cody has a well history and a very deep name in this industry, and there's no disrespect there. But... I don't want to turn this podcast into how it used to be in the backlogs of me always ranting about Cody Rhodes and the stigma of his WWE life still attached to him. So I think that we should start off with the Cody versus Orange Cassidy match for the TNT championship. You see, when... Cody got beat for the TNT Championship by Brody Lee and went off to do a little mini show. Everything in AEW was fine. You could definitely tell in my tone that I enjoy watching the show. Every show was must-see. It had a hit. Is AEW perfect? No, they are not perfect. They will be far from being perfect. But you can always enjoy the product and want to have the next week come already so you can watch the next Dynamite episode. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you wanting. And this was the joy I felt when Cody Rhodes was not there. For some reason, 
when Cody Rhodes comes back and he has the dark hair, dark clothes, you would think that he's ready for a heel turn and he should have turned heel. He should have been the bad guy that we're all waiting for rather than being the babyface. You can only stay as a babyface if you're John Cena. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat also had that atmosphere about him that he can always be a babyface and cannot be heel. Unfortunately, Rey Mysterio got that atmosphere too where he was always for the kids. So therefore, he is basically a babyface. Sting definitely was a great babyface as well. Also had that atmosphere to him until he decided to turn heel. So you would think that after getting beat within like three minutes and losing your TNT championship title and getting smacked over the head with the old TNT championship title that wasn't completely finished, when you come back from filming a show with other celebrities, you want revenge. And when you want revenge, shouldn't you be turning heel rather than staying the course and not having your character grow? I was really happy that he came back with darker hair, darker clothes, it's a serious Cody Rhodes is not the same Cody Rhodes that we're going to be seeing, but I was definitely proved wrong. I honestly don't know if Cody Rhodes can be Cody Rhodes. If you guys notice, every single AEW show basically has all the wrestlers be themselves. They don't tell them, hey, we're going to give you this gimmick. You could try it out. The only wrestlers that have been given a gimmick is definitely the Dark Order. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson were not originally a tag team that had Dark Order as their name. They were like the Super Smash Bros. They were something like that. So when they came to AEW, they just gave them the gimmick of the Dark Order. They gave Peter Avalon the gimmick of the Librarian, but it works. And you can see people's personalities come out in these characters, whether or not they're given the gimmick and stuff. When it comes to Cody Rhodes, because he's been in WWE for so long, that WWE marking is still on him. And I've mentioned this previously in my other podcasts on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast, that Cody doesn't know how to break away from that. If you guys notice, when he came back, he has a longer entrance. It has a red glow to it. And then all of a sudden, his music plays. Who else in the history of professional wrestling has a long entrance? Undertaker has a long entrance. Triple H has a long entrance. And you're trying to break away from the WWE markings, but you don't know how to do it when you keep doing similar things. You know... Triple H definitely gets a lot of hate for his career and how his career was treated. And he was always in the spotlight. If he wanted the title, he'll get the title. And that's not because of his status within like WWE and in the wrestling industry. It's just because I personally think it's just because he was there to do the job. He was there to step up and he was the one that, Vince will probably be like, oh, he can guide us. He can guide the company. So let's give him these title opportunities and stuff like that and grow him like that. And therefore, that's when the hate comes along because there wasn't enough character growth 
within Triple H. Sure, he can manipulate you to the best of his ability and want to take you down mentally so that way he can get an easy victory and become champion. But other than that, did his character really grow? The same thing with Cody Rhodes. Is his character growing? It is not. He's still doing the same moves that he did in WWE. He's still saying some wrong things on the internet, especially when he's in interviews. And I'll get to that in a moment. And he's still following a WWE formula. So let me just quickly touch base on the internet stuff. So he had a recent interview and he mentioned that year one, he talked a lot. And yes, I totally agree. You talked a lot. If I was near you in the room, I would have took your phone so that we could get off of Twitter because Twitter is a breeding ground for not only toxicity, but some people on Twitter know how to bait you into saying the wrong things and to where you would dig yourself into a deeper hole. I remember that there was a huge blow up about AEW heels, which I'm not going to get into. And there was also another conversation in regards to all of that, where people were asking Cody, well, who books the women's division? Because the AEW women's division at the time was falling apart. So Cody says that it's a collaboration of everyone. And I had tweeted back to him saying that I am so confused and my head hurts and he needs to stop tweeting because he's only digging himself into a deeper hole. You need a PR rep. I do not care if you don't want to be your competition, meaning you don't want to be WWE. But if you're going to have a company called All Elite Wrestling and is going to be established and it's going to be something for the people and it's the alternative. And regardless, it's a company. You need your PR rep. Brandy Rose is not the best for PR. You need a marketing team that can quiet down the fans and also back the PR rep when certain things go sour because everyone on Twitter seems to be a detective these days when they want so-called justice for petty things. The wrestlers themselves cannot be their own PR reps unless they know how to take things down and quiet things. But then again, you as a performer should not be revealing so much to the fans. I'm all for being transparent with fans, but the more that they know, the more that it hurts the business and the more that they think that they could get over on companies. You still have to protect the business no matter what. You still have to protect yourselves no matter what because whatever you say, people will screenshot it. And then if you try to backpedal, they'll bring it up and then cause more damage than what you need. I know they say that bad or good publicity is the norm and it's good because people are talking about you, but you don't want people to slander the name of your wrestlers. You don't want people to slander the name of your company when you're trying to build a positive alternative in the wrestling community. The wrestling community is still toxic. There's still people floating around talking about just the issues of all elite wrestling, but don't have any solutions on how to fix it. Everyone is like, these are my issues. And 
it sucks. So getting back to Cody Rhodes's comment, he also mentioned that he put out a tweet asking for everyone's feedback. I remember that tweet. I read that tweet. I give feedback on here on my podcast, Square Circle Podcast, on how to improve the women's division, how to improve AEW overall. But sometimes it feels like it's just talk to the wall because there's a lot of naysayers out there. There's a lot of misguided people who will just focus on Cody Rhodes shouldn't be taking shots at WWE. Miro shouldn't be taking shots at WWE. The Young Bucks should not be taking shots at WWE, whether that is on AEW Dynamite or on Being the Elite. No one in AEW should be taking shots at WWE because it makes them look foolish. This is according to people that I've read in various tweets. It also makes people turn away from AEW when they take shots at WWE, but taking shots at your competitor is healthy and it's also to let your your competitor know that they got to step up their game. Do we complain about when Wendy's being so savage as they are on Twitter when they go after Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, anywhere else? We don't complain. But for some reason, we complain about wrestlers talking about other companies, being upset, and then now finding a happy place that is all elite wrestling where they can shine. We give them shit. But we don't give shit to our favorite fast food restaurants when they go attack the competition that you may or may not eat there. Does that make any sense? That does not make any sense. The third thing that I want to mention is that when I read his comments, I took it as sort of a disrespect to me because I work hard on this podcast. I work hard to bring information to help the industry evolve and go further. And I took Cody Rhodes' advice. So here is story time, guys, because I am Marie Shadows, the storyteller. So here is a little story for you guys. Back in 2018, this was after WWE had let me go from my job with them. Luckily, I was able to buy tickets to the big event and tickets to meet the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny. This is way before All Elite Wrestling was ever thought of and ever came together. Like I said, this was back in 2018. After talking with the Young Bucks and letting them know about me being in the wrestling business, me working for WWE, they were awesome. Go to Cody Rhodes, told him my story, told him that I was once working with WWE and they let me go and I still want to be in the wrestling business, but I did not know at the time how to still stay relevant and how to still be there. You know what he told me? He told me to keep showing my face on the independence. I took that advice with heart. Now, in the past, I have been on the independence. I have been putting in my dues by doing ring crew, being a ticket helper, helping out the wrestlers if they ever need anything. I've done all that. But yet, I still took Cody Rhodes' advice in 2018 to show my face on the indies. Fast forward to now, we are in this pandemic situation. So I cannot really show my face around the indies. The only thing that I can do is do these podcasts that I love to do. 
and I talk about professional wrestling. I give help wherever it is needed. I explain ideas for how women can feel comfortable pitching their ideas, getting familiar with their character, and growing. And I understand that sometimes in the world of podcasting, that there are a lot of negative people that would just say a bunch of negative things without no substance. And sometimes they put up the negative reactions so that way they could get clout, so that way they could get fans, so that way they could get views and listens. And sometimes wrestlers don't want to hear that. Wrestlers don't want to hear negative, 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 and no positives. I'm not saying to be 100% positive all the time because in reality, you can't. You need some truth to your reality. You can't live under a rock and think that we're going to sing Kumbaya and everything's going to be okay. This is life. Everyone has different experiences and everyone treats it differently. However, wrestlers are human beings. So I try to balance my frustrations with solutions. So that way they know that I'm serious about this. And while I may be a hard ass on certain issues and topics when it comes to professional wrestling, I mean, well, I do not want anyone to lose their job over stupidity. I do not want people to attack other wrestlers for stupidity. I just want things to make sense and things to flourish in the wrestling business. Why is that so hard to ask for? I don't know. So yeah, you know, during the summer, I thought that I was going to have my breakout moment. For those of you that are new and listening to the podcast, here's another story time. So the first time that Cody Rhodes won the TNT championship, the next night on Dynamite, he mentioned that he's going to have an open challenge. He's going to allow people to fight him for it, to show what they got and be on television. So this was the perfect opportunity to talk with my client, JD Alpha, any professional wrestler for the past 10 years, and also the one wrestler in the whole world who has never played WWF No Mercy to cut a promo on Cody Rhodes. He cut a promo on Cody. He told Cody to DM him uh, or to DM me because I am his manager. And we put it up on Twitter. Great reaction. Awesome. And then a couple months in, Cody Rhodes is doing a sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone, and I decided to tweet him a question, and the question was answered on their YouTube channel, and I was ecstatic. I highly thank them for answering my question and giving me the time of day and giving me a little bit of a boost on social media. So you would think that all the cards are falling into place. Now, I don't have any of these guys' emails or way to contact them to be like, hey, how's it going? You know, can you hook me up with something? Like, I would never do that. I want to make sure that my whole entire work ethic speaks for itself so that way I can land an opportunity. But sometimes you got to push and poke the bear to try to get noticed because the negativity outweighs the good on social media. So currently... I'm still here doing these podcasts and nothing came from the summer of the Cody Rhodes open challenge and nothing like that. 
Am I noticed? Probably. But that's my little story for you guys that don't know what may have happened during the summer if you don't follow me on social media at Maria underscore shadows. Now, you might think that my whole entire talk here is very long-winded, and it is. It's just that there's a lot to dissect, especially with Cody Rhodes' comments, because I personally felt like I'm putting in the work. I basically do the work, and I put my work out there. And the fact that it feels like he's going to run away from the fans, so to speak, by not speaking so much, it's also like a slap in the face to people who want to invest in AEW and for people who want to work with AEW and for people who want to see AEW succeed while doing all those three things, working for AEW, pushing AEW, pushing the wrestlers, making sure the wrestlers are comfortable going to Tony Khan and being like, hey, I want to do this. Can we do this? Is there a time slot for me? Like, they say that these guys can go to them and basically tell them their characters, their story, their plots, the matches that they want to have. And these guys have the ability to try to balance an AEW Dynamite show. But in my experience, not all wrestlers know how to guide their characters and know how to guide themselves in order to pitch something to the higher ups. And this is why sometimes we see very good matches with certain people. And then on the very bottom, it's like we're forgetting about the homegrown talent that signed in the beginning because they're not being pushed. They're just, they're just accepting what's given to them rather than pushing for themselves to tell the incredible stories that everyone has. And that's what I would definitely push. I would definitely try to go to each and every one of them, talk with them, ask them about their goals, their weaknesses, what we can work on, and go from there. I understand that All Elite Wrestling wants to be a family and wants to have a very close knit of workers, but when are you going to open up opportunities for people who want to be in this business and for people who have a good mind to help push the next generation of professional wrestlers. If you are completely stressed out, then you end up snapping at people on Twitter who generally have questions or generally are confused about the path of AEW. That's why it's very scary for one person to have multiple hats. No one person should have multiple hats. Even if you say you can handle it, no one can handle it. Hell, I'm from New York City, and I had to deal with five different supervisors. And that was annoying. Working a regular 9-to-5 job is super annoying when you have to have different supervisors that all act differently and think that the rules don't apply to them. Like, that's annoying. Why should AEW have the same thing? I'm not saying it's probably annoying over there. It's just that you're not giving opportunities to people who have the experience on their resume and in life to help push the company forward. And also, if you guys notice, if you ever go on the AEW website, right? If you look at the coaches, they are mainly men. And there's one woman 
which is Serena Deep, and she can't help the whole women's division on her own. And I understand that the male coaches are there to also help the women as well. However, there's a big difference. Men don't have the same experiences as women. So, you know, if a woman comes up to them with a problem that they can't solve, who is that woman going to? They can definitely go to Brandy, but Brandy has like five different roles she's doing and may not even give the other women 100% focus and thought on what they have a trouble with. So for example, I'm just saying that there needs to be a balance between having coaches in AEW where it's men and women. And, you know, you don't even have to call them coaches. They could be advisors. Like, I would love to be an advisor to help people get through whatever they need to get through, answer any questions they need to answer, and build a character and help them with that. I have a writing degree. So I would not shy away from somebody wanting to come up and improve their character and talk to them about certain things. You also need a structure that makes sure that these wrestlers who play characters who want to tell a story are in line with what their motives are. You can't have a character do something one week and then next week it's completely different and we forgot about what happened the previous week. Like, that doesn't make logical sense. But this is everything that has bothered me and Cody's comments definitely rubbed me the wrong way because, again, I'm here doing the work and it seems like only friends get notice and not the hard workers that have a good head on their shoulders and a good mind for this business. So I will continue to do the work on this podcast. I will continue to break down these matches. I will continue to give you guys solutions on how to fix problematic things. And they're not major. They're tiny little things that can be improved at least overnight if you take care of it correctly. I'm not asking you to jump through hoops. I'm not asking you to be WWE. I'm just asking all elite wrestling to take into consideration that there is a female, Marie Shadows, out there willing to put in the work and willing to be a part of a family that wants to improve, that wants to put out the best product that is available to the public to consume and also to fix a woman's division. Another thing too is that when you've been in WWE for so long, WWE does everything for you. You don't learn how to be a wrestler on the indies. You don't learn how to talk for yourself. You don't know how to do a lot of things that the indie guys get from life experiences because WWE is a huge machine and they take care of the marketing. They take care of the merch sales. They take care of almost everything that you as a wrestler should definitely do on your own. But when you have a machine like that, you don't have to worry. So for Cody to start being this independent self, it's off and it feels like WWE no matter what. Even if he's not backed by a huge machine anymore. It just feels like he hasn't evolved since leaving WWE. It's always going to be this Cody Rhodes where 
He does the same moves in the ring. He does the same storytelling in the ring. And his feuds to me, and I said this in the past podcasts before, his feuds to me are 15 minutes of fame. I don't even remember iconic moments from those matches. I remember more from the Young Bucks and Kenny and Hangman than I do with Cody Rhodes. And again, that's not me shitting on Cody Rhodes. That's showing you guys a difference of skill and level when it comes to these guys. And I know on Twitter, people, you know, love Cody Rhodes and that's cool. You could love him all you want. You could also hate him too, if you want to do that. But I'm just showing you a difference of perspective when it comes to how he handles storytelling and how the other EVPs handle storytelling. And this is why my other podcast episodes about AEW Dynamite are always cheerful when Cody is not there or Cody is not the main focus. 